0: The Women's Football Podcast is brought to you in partnership with Shot. More than just a sports brand, it's a movement. At Shot, we believe in empowering the underdog and bringing sport to every corner of the community. Introducing Shot Kicks, enriching lives through football, starting right from the grassroots. Now launching in East Cambridgeshire, Shot Kicks offers football sessions for children from reception to year nine, and we're kicking off with a special focus on girls' football. But that's not all. SHOT Lifestyle blends the spirit of sport into everyday fashion and soon SHOT Clubhouse will be the go-to digital home for athletes and fans alike. Join the team at shotclubhouse.com and you can get 10% off with us when you use the code TWFPXSHOT. The Women's Football Podcast, in partnership with Her Game 2. to the Women's Football Podcast in partnership with Her Game 2 and Shot Clubhouse. I'm Ruby Malone and joining us this week we have Charlotte Davey from Her Football Hub. Hi Charlotte. Hi there. And our special guest is Celtic's Tash Flint. Hey Tash. Hi, you okay? Thanks. Now Tash, I guess it's been a crazy few weeks for you. You're back at Celtic for your second spell. How's that going? Yeah, I think it's great. Um, Like you said, my second spell.
1: I've been here um, last year at the same time. So, yeah, it's been easy for me to fit back in this time around. Yeah, it's going really good at the moment.
0: And you also got two goals yesterday in a 3-1 win at Hibernian. Um, It's a big win because Rangers also drew a Partick thistle, which means you're closing that gap at the top. Mm. How important was that win, uh, especially with your next match being against Rangers at the Ibrox?
1: Yeah, massive win, like you just said yourself. Um, Huge win for us. I think last weekend we didn't play our best football. So this weekend it was just more focused on like getting back more as a team, doing the basic stuff that we can do and just doing what we can do best, really. And I think we've shown that yesterday in the game. And it like you said yourself, Rangers dropped some points yesterday and that's always good for us. We need to try and close
0: that gap a little bit more. And
1: the game on Sunday is going to be huge.
0: Yeah, and I guess playing at the Ibrox is going to be be massive for you, right?
1: Yeah, 100%. Um, I think all our girls are just going to have to take that into consideration. It's going to be a big game and a lot of fans there don't let the nerves get to us and just play the football we can play, really. But, yeah, it's going to be massive. Rangers will probably more than likely go into that, not as confident with their game the other day, um, yesterday. And for us, we've won a big three points and a 3-1 win. So, hopefully, we go into it with a lot of confidence.
0: Now, let's look at the Champions League draw, which took place last week. Chelsea have drawn Ajax. Uh, Emma Hayes described it as the toughest draw they could have gotten at this stage. Now, Ajax are Dutch champions, but this is actually their first year they've reached the Women's Champions League group stage in its current iteration. Charlotte, you would imagine Chelsea should have too much for Ajax over two legs?
2: Um, Yeah, I think... When you look at the stats, you'd like to think that Chelsea would win. However, I think you can't underestimate Ajax. I mean, being like the Dutch champions and also I think they've had a good run in the Champions League so far. I mean, in their group, they came second, but the same points as PSG. Um, just the goal difference that put them in that second spot. So I think that Emma Hayes is right with the idea that they need to go strong and not underestimate the team. Now, both teams will also have a keen eye on the other tie, Brand
0: v Barcelona, as the winners of each game will face off in the next round. This means we could be looking at another Chelsea v Barcelona semi-final. Tash, if Emma Hayes wants to win this one trophy that's eluded her at Chelsea before she leaves, looks like they're going to have to do it the hard way, right?
1: Yeah, 100%. Um, I guess everyone does watch the Champions League when it is on. Um and that would be a massive game, Chelsea v Barcelona, they're both both quality teams. Um, Emma Hayes probably knows what she's going to get with Barcelona and she knows what she can get out of her own squad as well. And I do think she's a great manager and a great coach. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be one to watch.
0: For sure, for sure. Elsewhere in Tuesday's draw, Benfica were drawn against eight time Champions League winners, Lyon, and Hacken will face PSG. Now, Michelle Kang, who recently bought London City Lionesses and owns NWSL side Washington Spirit, have also now, has also now confirmed her purchase of Leon Women. She's identified certain things, so like increasing the quantity and quality of training staff who solely work solely with the women's side, constructing a new training campus dedicated to women's and girls teams, and building a 15 to 20,000 capacity stadium for the women's team. Charlotte, Lyon have been such a dominant side, both domestically and in Europe uh, in recent years. What do you think about Michelle Kang coming in and her plans for the team?
2: Um, I I think it's a great move for the women's game. I mean, Lyon are a very successful side and they always seem to perform well. But I think with her um, investing in the club, it's going to hopefully grow the fan base more. And with the ideas of the new stadium with a much bigger capacity. I think that really will promote Lyon as a club. And I think with a better infrastructure, there'll be more fans and it will grow them as a side. And I think also just thinking about the equality in the game, I think it's a big step in terms of that because I think we need more yeah. women's-based stadiums with these larger capacities just to bring in the fans and get more people watching on a regular like basis.
0: Yeah, and I guess if if they went and the stadium, you know, ended up kind of happening and being built, it be it could be good, Tash, maybe for that to be kind of maybe a bit of a, a a a little something to light up, maybe that happening in in England as well for the for the whether it's WSL sides or, or Championship or or in Scotland. Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. I like Charlotte just said it's massive for the game. I think someone putting money into the women's game and showing that the, what the women's game can be. She obviously believes. The women's game can be massive, and I think that myself I think it could be huge. And I think it just needs more people like herself just to show more interest in it and show that it can be actually massive. Um, so I think, yeah, it'll be great for
0: the women's team. Agreed. Now, elsewhere last week, three of the four Conti Cup quarterfinals were played. London City Lioness is an Arsenal fixture, fell foul of weather with a waterlogged pitch. So that tie will now take place this coming Wednesday on the 14th of February. Aston Villa won on penalties after a one all draw with Brighton. Triki Sari's goal was cancelled out by a header from Kirsty Hansen in the second half. Villa then went through 2 0 on penalties, with Daphne van Domslar saving three from the spot. Up in London, Chelsea comfortably saw off Championship side Sunderland 5 0. Shazazuk Nushkin opened the scoring for the Blues 29 minutes into the game, heading in Frank Kirby's cross and then added a second from a corner 15 minutes later. Straight after the restart, Aggie Beaver-Jones found the net for the host from a tight angle and then Super Kirby rounded the win off with two late tap-ins. A rare goal from Yui Hasegawa saw Manchester City get past Spurs to secure their place in the semi-finals. And what a stunner it was. I don't know if you guys saw it, but it was absolutely beautiful. City will now host Chelsea in the pick of the semi-finals. This one will be a repeat of the 2022 final, which Gareth Taylors side won 3-1 to claim a fourth league cup in their history. That tie will be played at the Joy Stadium on either the 6th or 7th of March. And then the winner of the London City Lionesses v Arsenal tie will host Aston Villa. Holders Arsenal actually beat Chelsea 3-1 in last year's final and have lifted the trophy more times than any other club, winning the competition six times in total. So I'm sure they'll be looking to add that again this year. Tash, if Arsenal get through as expected, just how tasty will those two semi-finals be?
1: Yeah, they'll be huge. I think they're probably all the top teams in the USL. So for them all to like fight out against fight out and battle against each other will be a really good um game to watch. I'll I'll be watching them myself. Um, I think there's always there are always good games when you see that Arsenal, Chelsea, is all like playing against each other. So yeah, I think they will be really good games and one to
0: watch. And Charlotte, the Conti Cup can, it can sometimes be a bit slow, a bit laborious in the early stages, but it, it's really heating up now, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I'd think so, and especially with the idea of the Man City against Chelsea in the semi-final, I think that would be a really good game because, I mean, I think at the start of the season, I'd have put my money on Chelsea. However, I think City are kind of creeping up at the moment with that big win against Arsenal, and I think, you know, I don't think you can underestimate City. And in the other side of the draw, I think... If, um, as you'd expect Arsenal to beat London City, you can never quite be sure in the Conti Cup. Um, And if that were to happen, then I think it's maybe a slight, uh, well, I suppose it's an easier opposition having Villa in the semi-final. But again, it's the Conti Cup. So, I mean, anything can happen, really.
0: Yeah, and you just never know with Villa, do you? With with Rachel Daly and Kenza Daly, you just never know what might happen.
2: (laughs) So now on to
0: this weekend, which saw the FA Cup fifth round games being played. There were almost some dramatic stories or should we say like FA Cup magic but in the end it was business as usual for a lot of the WSL sides. The fixtures kicked off on Saturday as Leicester City put six goals past championship side Birmingham City to book their place in the quarterfinals. Birmingham were in front after just two minutes at the Pirelli Stadium when Missy Goodwin put through her own net but Leicester mounted a swift comeback courtesy of goals from Janice Kamen and Shannon O'Brien to lead after 23 minutes. Libby Smith leveled for the visitors shortly before halftime, but Leicester restored their advantage through O'Brien's second. Now, Leicester's class told in the second period as they scored three unanswered goals through Sauri Takarada, Deanne Rose and Eileen Whelan. The Foxes have now scored 10 goals across their two FA Cup fixtures this season and are through to the last eight of the competition for the first time since the 2020-2021 season. Tash, your former side Leicester are having the best season since they were formed and you were of course a big part of that rise. It must be really nice for you to see how well it's going for them.
1: Yeah, definitely. I've Being um, a previous player there, you can see like since the new manager Willa Kirk's been took over, you can see the massive change that they have done. You can see they're a lot more of a threatened team. Um, I did watch the game myself the other day, and I think when they did score one goal, you knew the second was coming a little bit after. Um, it was a shame for the old goal we missed it. Um, but I think when you see one goal come, I think you could see that they was just going to get another goal and another goal and another goal. You could see what Birmingham were trying to do were trying to obviously keep that goal tally down. And obviously the, it was really, like you said, cup games are cup games, 50-50 chance really who's going to win, um, regardless what league you're in. But yeah, I watched it myself and you could see Leicester was just, they were just thriving for another goal and another goal and another goal.
0: And I've got to ask as well about Janina Leipzig, because she's been incredible since so okay. she came in how do you feel you know what are your views on that how incredible she's been and how much she impacted them last season as well in the second half
1: yeah I think she has done like you said yourself she's been a massive impact for them and I think it's what they needed um but yeah I think as a whole Leicester have obviously just grown and grown and grown and I think it is it is nice to see I was there for a a lot of years um I've had a lot of memories there won the championship with them um so yeah, it's really nice to see that they are growing as a team, and you can you can see that on the pitch as well that they are.
0: In the other game on Saturday, Spurs saw off Championship side Charlton Athletic with substitute Kit Graham scoring the only goal five minutes after coming onto the pitch. Now, Charlotte, I know you're a Spurs fan yourself. How did what was your kind of take
2: on the game? um I think as a Spurs fan I was hoping we'd have had a bit more of a bit more success in that game you know I was hoping we were going to get at least a few goals and at least something in the first half I mean with at halftime it being nil nil against Charlton I mean Charlton are top of the championship so I think you know they can't be underestimated but I think with some of the success we've had recently I was kind of hoping we were gonna maybe put a few more past them and I think I think we did look better, but then there were times when Charlton really were a threat and although it did, we did get the winner, it was a close margins and I think that, you know, I think Charlton really came out to win that game and I think they were a bit unfortunate really not to get more out of it. Now, the pick
0: of the ties on Sunday was Arsenal hosting Manchester City. It was yet another fixture featuring these two WSL giants with lots of controversy. There's certainly no love lost between the sides, let's put it that way. After the league fixture earlier this season, Gareth Taylor and Jonas Idoval had a post-match spat, but they left the feistiness to those on the pitch this time, as who other than Katie McCabe and Lauren Hemp battled it out on the wing. That matchup is just, you can always rely on it to bring the heat. Lotta Vuba Moy was fortunate to escape punishment for an elbow to the face of Bunny Shaw inside Arsenal's penalty box. But eventually it was a goal from Leigh Alexandri in the 74th minute that settled the tie in City's favour. But that was far from the last gasp of the game. Kiara Keating produced several incredible saves to, die- to deny Kim Little, Victoria Palova, and Stina Blackstenius in the dying minutes. Arsenal were also convinced the ball had crossed the line from a scramble at a late corner before Keating clawed it away. But the goal was controversially not given and City were able to hold on for the win. Now, guys, I don't know if you watched this live, but the game was pretty cagey in the first half. And then we seemed to kind of get all the drama right near the end. But of course, the big talking point of this game is goal line technology and VAR and whether it should be brought into the domestic women's game. Now, it's perfect. We've got a journalist and a player here. So I'd love to get both your views on this. Maybe if you'd like to start first, Tash.
1: Yeah, um, I watched the game yesterday Um and it was a really good game to watch. I think it was Quite an end-to-end game. There was a lot of great attacks on Arsenal's side and a lot of great attacks on Man City's side. So it was quite like sitting on the edge. You see, it was a good, really good game to watch. Um, with the VAR, as a player, there's times where you want it in and there's times where you don't. So if it's going against you, you probably don't want it. If it's going for you, you probably do. But I do think bringing the VAR into the game would be, again, a massive step for the women's game. And we're saying we want to get closer to the men's as possible and it will to be the same as the men's so I think VAR would actually be brilliant in the women's game and not just for the league games, for the Cups, for everything involved really. I think it would be great.
2: How about you Charlotte? Uh, Yeah, I think I'm in agreement with Tash. I mean the game was great and I think you couldn't call which way it was going to go. I mean one minute City on the attack and then the next Arsenal were attacking and I think it was a very good game. Um, But obviously with City getting the goal sort of in the last 15 minutes, Arsenal then really pushed and tried to equalise. And I think it would be a big step for the women's game if we did introduce VAR, because I think, you know, looking at that kind of like goal in the dying minutes of the game that wasn't given, I mean, arguably it was a game changer if they had have given it and they had have had VAR and it turned out like that it was over the line then obviously it would have gone to extra time and it would have been a whole different game. And, I mean, I think there's always going to be controversy with VAR. And like Tash said, when you're on the pitch, if it goes against you, then obviously you're not going to be happy, but vice versa. it Sometimes it goes for you. But I think it would be a great step for the women's game to introduce it because, you know, then it is progressing in a way closer to men's football and also just the game itself. I think it's a lot better rather than relying on kind of like the perception of the ref I think it's much better to help with the game so yeah
0: yeah and I guess potentially the women's game could learn from the men's you know can, we we all know the issues that have happened especially in the Premier League with VAR so you know it potentially with it coming in a bit later in the women's game those issues could maybe be ironed out before it even fully comes in so It's really interesting. And then I just wanted to speak as well, especially about Arsenal, because obviously with three losses in the WSL this season and Chelsea uber-focused, obviously, as as you were saying earlier as well, Charlotte City really on the up this season, it's possible that Arsenal only realistically have the Conte Cup left to play for. There's been a lot of criticism around Yoldis Idaful's decisions, uh, for example, at the weekend on Saturday, not starting Kim Little and Leo Valti, and particularly for his in-game decisions and subs. Charlotte, do you think the pressure is on Jonas Audible now?
2: Yeah, I definitely think the pressure's on. I mean, like you said, they're now out of the FA Cup and the league, they currently sit in third, but Chelsea and City are quite a few points ahead now. And although it's close, I think that, especially from an Arsenal fan's perspective, I think they'll be looking at the substitutions he's making and the starting 11 and kind of questioning his decisions and I think it is hard as a manager to decide what to do with your team but I think with Arsenal with like less success than perhaps usual I think the pressure is on.
0: So elsewhere on Saturday Colombian international Myra Ramirez scored her first Chelsea goal as the Blues eventually saw off Crystal Palace. National League side, National League North side, Wolves looked to be taking Brighton all the way, but faded at the last. Katie Robinson had, had put the Seagulls ahead in the first half, and then Wolves equalised through Beth Merrick. And it looked like they may take it to extra time, but an eight minute hat trick from Swedish defender Emma Kohlberg in the dying minutes eventually saw the WSL side through to the quarter final. Championship side Southampton also gave Manchester United a scare. Ella Toon opened the scoring for United with an absolute beauty of a strike on eight minutes. And then Lexi Lexi Lloyd-Smith equalised for the Saints in the second half. But super sub Rachel Williams did it again, coming on to net a double, which eventually saw Mark Skinner's side through. There was no joy for other championship side London City Lionesses as they lost 2-0 at home to Liverpool with Sophie Roman Hogg and Melissa Lawley scoring the goals in that one. And despite Everton's shaky season in the WSL, they were also able to put seven past National League Northside Nottingham Forest with six different scorers for the Blues as well as an Emily Batty own goal. The Forest goal also came from Charlotte Greengrass. Now, it's the first time since the sixteen seventeen 17 season that the FA Cup Final Eight consists solely of WSL teams. Tash, you've played in both the Championship and the WSL in recent years. Despite Saturday's results, do you feel the gap closing between the Championship and WSL and even the lower tiers?
1: Yeah, 100%. Um, I think a couple of years ago, there was not really... It was a huge gap and I think it was like two complete different leagues. But now more teams are being promoted, more teams are getting more pumped into them money-wise, facility-wise, a lot more players. Um, and I do think, like you just said to yourself, the gap is closing a lot, um, a lot more than it was in the previous years. I think for the Brighton game, Wolves have held out for as long as possible, which is good on them. Um, I think a couple more games for that, for example, the Liverpool game. Liverpool only netting two against them. I think they could have had a couple more. Um, and then on the other end, seven goals is um, a lot. So you can say you can see, I think, the gap's massive there. But team, lower league teams, they, they've got a plan to go up against the WSL teams. And they've just got to stick to the plan, really. And it might not go. It's either going one way or the other. But at the same time, they've got nothing to lose when they're in the cup. Um, so, yeah, but I do think the, I do think the gap is closing massively.
0: Yeah, that that's really interesting. It's like Charlotte, like Tash said, the the fact that even the, the national league side teams have like a plan going up against WSL sides. It was actually really good to see them kind of make them feel a bit uncomfortable at times, and even if they didn't make it through the next round.
2: Yeah, I think it was great to watch. Like you said, I mean, I think the Brighton game is the one we've picked out the most, I think. But I think I agree. When um, Wolves got that goal, you know, there was that bit of hope. And although Brighton are in the kind of top tier of our football in England, I think Wolves had a great game against them. And although... There were lots of late goals, which eventually saw the score as 4-1. I think you look at someone like Wolves and you can see the game plan that they have and just the way that kind of they held their own against a top side. And I think, just like you say, in lots of other games, I agree that the gap is closing. There's still a long way to go, especially in the investment as you kind of go lower down the leagues. But I think you look at like Spurs against Charlton and they only won 1-0 and then like you said about the London City with only two 0 I think the scores kind of reflect the how the gap's closing and there's a lot more competition than there used to be, I would say.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And the championship's a perfect example of this season of that this season, right? Because usually you have it's it's been known to kind of have a team that you kind of know are going to be promoted, but wow, it's it's incredible at the top at the moment,
2: isn't it? Yeah. I'd say that there's so many teams, you know, kind of like the top five you're not entirely sure which way it's going to go. At the moment, Charlton are at the top, but there's lots of teams like Sunderland, Palace, you know, they're all kind of fighting for it. And I think that makes it a lot more exciting to watch. And also, you know, I agree, it shows that the gap is definitely closing with all these teams being kind of very successful, like closely, you don't know who is going to end up going up to the WSL.
0: Talking of the National League, Newcastle went seven points clear at the top of the Northern Premier Division with a 3-0 win over promotion rivals Burnley. The game saw second half strikes from Katie Elson, Paige Bailey-Gale and Jazz McQuaid as they fired the Lathes to an emphatic victory away from home. Elsewhere, Saffron Jordan scored twice to fire Stoke City to a 4-1 win over Starbridge, while Derby County moved up to fifth with a 3-1 win over Huddersfield Town. Liverpool Feds also picked up a 2-1 win over AFC Fylde to move within five points of Burnley. In the south, Ava Rowbottom's first half double helped Portsmouth to an emphatic 5-1 win away Oxford United. Daisy Lachlan opened the scoring after 24 minutes after latching on to Emma Jones's cross before Rowbottom scored twice in quick succession. The first a superb strike from 25 yards and the second an audacious lofted effort from the edge of the box. Georgia Free netted the fourth and Nicole Barrett added a fifth in stoppage time after Tash Stevens grabbed a consolation for the U's. Pompeii now have 13 wins from 14 matches this season, but have not been able to fully pull away at the top with chasing sides United and Rugby Borough both winning again on Sunday. Hashtag beat London Bees 3-0 on the road, whilst Rugby picked up three points in Devon with a 4-2 away win at Plymouth Argyle. Elsewhere, Cheltenham and Ipswich played out an entertaining 2-all draw, whilst Billericchi and MK Dons drew 1-all. Middlesbrough came back from 3-0 down to earn a point against Barnsley to maintain their league lead at the top of Division 1 North. Borough found themselves three goals behind after just 42 minutes as Amy Beck and M. Pierrepoint scored either side of an own goal to put the visitors in control. But the hosts hit back before the breakthrough. Nicole Avery and Jess met before Eve Marshall leveled things up with nine minutes remaining. A point apiece means Forest stayed three points clear in the race for promotion, which also saw Durham-Sestria earn a 4-1 win away at FC United of Manchester to move four points off the top. Doncaster Rovers' Bells were 3-0 victors over North and Stockton Ancients. Exeter City continued their unbeaten run in Division 1 Southwest with a 4-1 win away at Moneyfields. Kensham Town won at 5-0 at Chelsea, whilst Abington United moved above Moneyfields with a 3-0 victory over Southampton women. Finally, over in France, Lyon played their first game since the Michelle Kang takeover, and they grabbed a stoppage time equaliser through an elsie Maiden own goal to deny PSG all three points, with Tabitha Chowinga having given PSG the lead on 66 minutes. That point keeps Lyon 10 points clear at the top, although PSG do have a game in hand. PSG are, however, only two points clear of their City rivals, Paris FC, who won 6-2 at Bordeaux. Great. That's it for today. Thank you so much to Tash and Charlotte for joining us this week. And Tash, good luck for the rest of the season. Thank you. Thank you for having me. If you're on social media, we'd love you to give us a follow. We're on Twitter at TWFP1 and Instagram at The Women's Football Podcast. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. The Women's Football Podcast, in partnership with Her Game 2.